Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife and I are the proud parents of a wonderful first grader. Her name is Naomi. And she will join us a little bit later on the podcast. She always does for the Kids Corner. In fact, a lot of people say it's their favorite part, so make sure you stick around for that. I'm excited that you've joined us. You know, I started this podcast, oh gosh, we're on episode number 11, so there you go, that many episodes ago. And it's something that had been on my mind for a really long time. I mean, the day that I found out I was going to be a dad, I knew that I just desired to be the best one that I could possibly be. And, and so I go around and I'm looking and there's just not a lot of resources for dads. Basically, in the parenting world, everything's designed for mom. The magazines, the, the podcasts, the, the, the Twitter pages, the Instagram pages. It's all about helping mom and moms are great and we love them. And you know what, dads? We got to focus on, on being great dads too. And so the goal of Positively Dad is to help us do that. We're going to have conversations about things that maybe you wouldn't talk about or think about or look at to just help us grow as, as leaders, to help us grow as men, to help us grow as fathers and partners, and, um, and just continue to, to always strive to be better. And so today we're going to look at something that I think is a lot of fun. You know, um, I, I, I've always been fascinated by the mindset of an athlete and the mindset of coaches. Because I think when you look at our top athletes and our top coaches, they're able to persevere. They've got a do-whatever-it-takes type attitude. They understand what it's like to do the best you can and still fail and then get back after it. And, and I've always just been so fascinated by that mindset because, quite frankly, 90% of our success is all of our mindset. It's what we think. It's what we talk about. It's, it's what goes on in our brains. And if we don't have a mindset of growth ourselves, then our kids definitely aren't going to have one. And we can, but without even realizing it, create an environment in our home where our kids become conditioned to fail. Now, I saw a study one time that said that almost all of our programming or, or the way that we think, right, the, the, our habitual thinking, almost all of our habitual thinking has been programmed in our minds by the time we're eight years old. Well, where does that come from? If we're an eight-year-old, that comes from the environment that we're living in. And so if our kids are going to grow up thinking positive, having perseverance, having a growth mindset, well, then it's our responsibility as parents to help create the environment for them to do that. Here's the challenge, though. It's really easy to go negative. You've been conditioned to do it. I've been conditioned to do it. The whole world has been, been conditioned to look at everything that's wrong. In fact, if you go look it up, you'll find that in the English language, there are twice as many words that describe negative emotion that describe positive emotion. It's easier to be negative because there's just simply more words. So how do we go positive? How do we have a growth mindset? How do we have perseverance? How do we create a will uh, to do whatever it takes? And that's what we're going to look at today, and I'm so, so, so excited about it. And I want to thank the people who helped make this happen. I went out on Facebook and I just said, hey, who knows somebody 
that's that's a coach. They've been a, a successful coach for a long time, active or former. And can you help connect me to some people? Because I'd like to have a coach on the program. And the responses I got were just, I mean, you, they came in quickly. And I've got cell phone numbers of coaches all over the country that coach different sports. And and I just want to thank everyone who helped. And, and thank you to, to all of you who follow us on social media, too, at Positively Dad on, on Instagram and Facebook and, and on Twitter. Well, I got connected with a coach who's going to be the guest on our podcast today that came from a friend of mine out in Missouri, and he connected me to a high school girls basketball coach. His name is Steve Frank. Now, Steve Frank has been the girls basketball coach at Stratford High School in Stratford, Missouri. Now, he's been coaching basketball for like 28 years, and they've had some amazing success. In fact, right now, the team that he's coached has won four consecutive state titles, and has won 115 games in a row. They have not lost a game for three and a half years. He was named Coach of the Year by USA Today in the Midwest two years in a row, in 2018 and in 2019. And this year, he's actually going to step down. He's stepping down as the head coach at Stratford High School because his two daughters are graduating this year, and they're going to go play basketball in college, and he wants to be able to see them play. And so I'm so excited to talk with him. He's going to give us great perspective on what it's like to help create and, and, and help teach and help, and help our kids grow up to have a will to win to have a growth mindset, to be able to persevere, and how to handle failure. So I'm really, really excited to welcome him on the program. Coach Frank, thanks so much for joining us today on Positively Dad. Thank you. So I'm excited to have you on and talk with you a little bit. First of all, congratulations on an amazing career. And I understand you're, this is it, right? You're at least, well, I, I don't know if it's it. You're going to take some time off, though, to go watch your daughters play. You have one daughter that's going to play basketball at Mizzou. And then your other daughter, their twins, is going to play basketball at College of the Ozarks. So congratulations for this opportunity to to sit in the stands instead of sitting on the bench. Thank you. It was a uh, it was a huge, huge, huge decision. And uh, you know it it it's really tough when you've done something your whole life and and you think that you're going to step away from it. Um, but you know, family is is so important, and being able to watch your kids finish out their career at the college level uh, you know it, it it was it was a decision that I just felt like had to be made yeah well I you know that's a great thing and I know there's lots of dads listening who would love to have the opportunity to do the same thing now you, you've had a very successful career as a coach and as a player uh you're what your record's 100 I'm sorry 533 and 178 so I mean an amazing record you've won four state four straight state titles in Missouri and girls basketball as a boys coach, you went to the Final Four uh, once. And then as a player, you went to the Final Four in Missouri three times. So a lot of success. And what would you attribute all of that success to? Well, I think as, as anything, just as in life, I think you grow. Uh, you know, I think as young coaches, uh, you look back and there's a uh, – I look back at a lot of things I did as a young coach. And, you know, there's probably not a lot of things I would change, I think, I felt like I knew the game and, and did things, but I think you just kind of learn uh, a lot of little things as you go. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of little ins and outs, and I think you just mature as, as you move along through your career. And, and I felt like that's probably the big thing, uh, you know, where the success really started to kind of play in is, you know, you, you learn um, the real valuable lessons of, of 
how to handle teens and how to handle kids and, and how to, you know, make them believe in, in what you're trying to teach. And I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's where the success has really came later in the career is just uh, being able to manage kids a lot better than I did uh, when I was a younger coach. Well, talk about belief because I feel like mindset plays so much in, you know, your ability to be successful and to win. And you, you said, look, we got to understand the team. We got to understand the kids. And then we have to understand belief. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, um, when I took my, I, I, when I took my first girl's job, uh, I believe it was in 1999, I switched over to girls and I had a real talented team. We won, uh, well, we played for three straight district championships and won two of them. And I felt like we probably should have went to the final four with, with that group. But, um, the mindset was a little different. I mean, we were very talented, but we were also, uh, real jealous of each other. We, you know, there was a lot of internal things that I was, uh, not prepared for. And then I think, uh, you know, once I made the move, I went from, that was at Conway. I was there for four years and then I took the job at Seymour and I was there for eight years. And I think I took away some of the trials and tribulations that I had that first, uh, four years with the girls program at Conway. And, and that's when I really, I felt like I kind of turned the corner in my coaching career and we, uh, directed everything at family and, you know, really trusting each other, um, uh, forgiving each other and, and really just, uh, you know, you're all in or you're all out just like a family. And that's the way that I coached the kids and talked to the kids. And I, you know, used a lot of my own personal um, family things. And, and I feel like, you know, that's where, that's where we really turned the corner and, and things really started to, you know, really take an upswing. And, you know, once the kids believed in your program and believed in your philosophy and they believe in you, they'll run through a wall for you. And, and that's, that's kind of where, where things really made a change at that point. Well, how do you teach that? How do you teach a sense of family on a team? Well, I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's putting the team first, uh, not putting yourself first. Um, you know, and that's just like a family. I mean, you, you got to make sacrifices and you cannot put yourself first. I mean, your family always comes first and everything you do. And, you know, when you start putting that together on a ball team and, you know, they they understand that it's not about me, it's about the team and, you know, you're willing to make sacrifices for the team. And, you know, a lot of times the self-gratification will come out of, you know, your what your team does. And, you know, I feel like that, that they see that and they're able to carry that through into life too. And they understand that, you know, the sacrifices you make for your family is where your gratification comes in life too, you know, and it's not about you, it's about the whole group. And, you know, that, that really transfers into the athletic side of it as well. And, you know, when you, you start getting that kind of uh, bond between 15 and 20 kids and they understand that, uh, you know, I, I have to do what's best for this group and not what's best for me, then, you know, I feel like that's where we really, uh, really kind of step ahead of a lot of other teams. So you've you have four consecutive state titles and um, quite the accomplishment. I'm wondering though, do you have any teams that you believe were actually more talented than one of these four state championship teams and ended up not winning because they didn't support each other, or didn't feel like family? Well, I felt like I've had some 
some really talented teams through the years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like that I've had several teams that should have been final four contenders and, and, you know, probably should have played for a state championship. But, uh, you know, I feel like that's probably the ingredient that, that maybe kind of got in the way along the way is, is, you know, the, the support of each other. And then just also the balance. I think, you know, our balance over these past four years has been incredible. We've had four kids average double figures every year. And I mean, it was, it would be real easy for uh, one or two kids to really just kind of be in it for themselves and, and really put up some big numbers, but I don't think we'd have been quite as successful, you know, if that would have happened. And, uh, you know, I think over the years, that's that's probably the difference in, in some of those teams is I had some kids who were kind of more worried about themselves and their numbers and, and you know, really uh, didn't put everything ahead of themselves. And, and, you know, the balance, because of that, you get such good balance. And when other teams prepare for you, it's really hard to uh, prepare for a team when they've got four kids that average double figures and then – as we go down into our bench, I mean, we've we've been pretty uh, pretty fortunate to have about seven or eight or nine deep on our bench, and everybody still averages six or eight points a game, and and you know really contributes in a lot of different ways. And so, I always tell our kids when we get close to uh, close to the uh, district time and getting ready to go into state play that it's not our number one or number two player because everyone's going to put them on their on their board and and try to do everything they can to stop them it's our number three four five six seven you know that's where we're going to win games and I felt like our successes came through that is you know we've had those kids that have been role players the whole season and they they step into a huge role as we go into the playoffs at the end of the season and and uh you know I'll, I'll use my daughter as an example the one that's going to Mizzou she uh you know her her ability and and her numbers could be way higher than what they are, but she always involved her teammates first. Uh, that was a way to kind of ease the pressure off her. Was you know there was times when I would have to call her over and say, "Hey, it's it's time for you to to turn it on here. We really need you to step up." And you know because she was so unselfish and she was always trying to involve everybody that sometimes I had to remind her that. Hey, it's it's time right now for you to to you to step up and maybe be uh, a little more assertive yourself. And and so you know I feel like that if you want to transfer into a family, I mean it it doesn't get any better than that. And you know I think sometimes as parents we uh, you know we do the same thing and and we forget that uh, you know it's 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 all about everything I can do for my kids and everything I can do for for my wife and and you know, putting all that first and then everything else, uh, you know, really, uh, really starts to happen at that point. So, you know, you said something really interesting. You have um, players that if they wanted to, they could, you know, score a ton of points every game and, and have people looking at them and thinking they're amazing and the team maybe not win as much. And yet you've got players that are involving everybody. How do you teach that? How do you teach team before me? Well, I think it's just uh, repetition. Um, you know, if when I do interviews and when I talk to the newspaper, when I um, anything that's that's put out there publicly, I really stress, you know, our our goals and our focus. And I think it's just ingrained over time. I also, uh, I when I came here, I asked to do the junior high as well. And 
they told me I was crazy. They're like, why, why would you want to take that on? And I said, well, that's where your program is built. And so I also uh, do our junior high basketball as well. And I feel like at those younger levels, I really start ingraining what that is and, and what our high school program's about. And if you want to be a part of this program, this is this is what you got to do. And, and this is what we believe in. And, and so I started at a younger age. And I really feel that by the time they hit that freshman and sophomore year, and they get around those older kids, you know, the program is is basically ingrained at that time, and, and you know, they just kind of carry it through at that point. But, uh, you know, it, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. I mean, my first couple of years here, I felt like we should have been in the Final Four. My first two years here, we we had real successful teams, but we fell just a little bit short, and I think part of that is, you know, coming in as a new coach, you know, the kids have got to believe in what you're doing and, and believe in the program. And I felt like, you know, it, it took a couple years to to get that totally ingrained to where everyone believed in what you were doing and, and believed in the in the program. And, you know, there, there's another example of, you know, talent. I felt like talent-wise, my first two years, both of those teams could have, could have been in the Final Four very easily. And, uh, you know, we fell just a tad bit short. And that's, you know, I, I just feel like part of that is just, you know, buying totally into the program. So, you know, you talk about all the success, 533 wins, four state titles in the 28 years that you've coached. Um, I guess, you know, great success also means you've had great failure. And so how do you look at persevering through that? How do you teach that to your players? What would you say about perseverance? Well, I believe that, you know, through – through losses, through failures, that's where you grow and that's where you learn. And, you know, that's one of the things I really emphasize to our kids is, you know, when you get out in the real world and you get away from basketball and you begin your own family and you start working your own job, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough times in life. and There's going to be a lot of times that, you know, your back's going to be against the wall and, and hopefully you're going to take away some of these things that seem seem like they're really big right now you know with our team with school but when you get into the real life and you look back I mean they're not near the the things that you're going to face you know when you hit the real world but you know hopefully through some of these tough times that that we that we seem to be tough as a team and as an individual playing on a team that you know we learn how to fight through we learn how to uh how to really kind of take a negative and turn it into a positive and understand that things don't come easy. You got, you got to work for everything you get. And, you know, sometimes uh, the the hard times in life are what really make you strong. I mean, you've got, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds playing for you. Gosh, if you're doing middle school, you've got what? 12 year olds playing yeah. for you. Um, I mean, that mindset of, of perseverance and team you know, and a young person like that, I'm just curious how you teach that. You know, we've got parents listening who who have kids who are athletes or involved in other things that, that need this kind of mindset. Maybe we've got parents who are like you coaching their own children. How do you teach that to such a, a, a an age that seems to be vulnerable to failure? Well, I think I'm really blessed with with awesome parents. Um, you know this the school system that I'm involved with here at Strafford. I mean it's uh, it's it's top notch. We have great administration. We have 
hardly any discipline problems and you know i think it's ingrained you know in the in the kids and in the system um at an early age and and you know i think as a parent um you know you got to walk the walk and a lot of times you know we we look back and i think a lot of times as a parent you know i i didn't do the right thing or you know i wished i would have done this differently or that differently but i think you know you have to walk the walk and, and, you know, you, you have to, to be willing to make sacrifices yourself because your kids are watching your every move and they're watching, um, the way that you handle situations, you know, the way you react to situations. And, um, you know, as a parent, I always felt like I, I, I never really raised my voice at my kids very often. I mean, there was times when, when you have to as a parent, but I always felt like sometimes you can get repetitory, um, if you're on them all the time, then they kind of tune you out. But I feel like that my, my two girls, if, if dad's voice changed or his, his, you know, kind of got a little upset, it didn't happen very often. So when it did, Hey, I better listen because dad doesn't get this way very often. And I feel like I transfer that to my team as well. Um, very few times do I really, um, get real upset and loud with my team. I feel like you know, I never call a kid out on the floor. I always pull them aside and talk to them and, and never try to put them on the spot, never embarrass them. And if I do get on my team, call a timeout, we're not playing well, and I, and I have to call a timeout and I kind of get in them a little bit, I just have that, that almost guilty feeling inside. And usually at halftime or when the game's over with, I always apologize. And, you know, I let them know, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, uh, you know, get loud with you guys. But, you got to understand that, you know, at this point we, we weren't doing this or weren't doing that. And I think, you know, that transferred in as a parent as well, that, you know, there's, there's, there's ways of doing things that you gain that respect from your, from your kids. And I think, you know, when you gain that respect, then your kids are willing to do anything for you. I bet. I saw a sign recently that said it was posted at a, a little league baseball game. And it says reminders from your child. Number one, I'm just a kid. Number two, it's just a game. Number three, my coach is a volunteer. Number four, the officials are humans. And number five, no college scholarships will be handed out today. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just curious from your perspective as a coach. Now, I mean, by the way, where you're coaching, some college scholarships could be handed out. And no, you're not a volunteer. And yet at the end of the day, uh, you know, we are playing the game for fun. And, and it's an opportunity to teach and help these ladies grow. What advice would you have for parents in their role in this? If they have students or they have children who are athletes, what advice would you give them? Well, with having my own twin girls, um, you know, I, I was teased a lot when they were at younger ages. What are you going to do if they want to be cheerleaders or what are you going to, you know? And I used to, uh, whatever they want to do, I'm going to, I'm going to back them 100%, you know, and, and I think that you have to just, foremost just believe in your kids and and let them um make choices and and you have to back them and no matter what that that choice may be and i mean you can you can kind of give some framework and give some guidance but um you know you got to let your kids be kids and i i've told both of mine all the time i say you know i will i will go to the gym i will spend as much time as you want to spend all you got to do is say the word and i'm there but i'm not going to make you it's got to be something that you want to do and if you're going to pursue this career in athletics you know it's going to take a lot of hard work it's going to take a lot of extra time and 
and but I am not going to make you do it. You, you have to want to do it because especially if you move on to the college level, it's it's no longer it, it kind of becomes a job at that point, and basically the college kind of almost owns you, and you're you're into it. So you know if you don't love it and you don't have a passion for it, you know then you're gonna you're gonna kind of have a miserable experience when you get to college. And so I feel like at a young age I kind of did that with my own kids, and I kind of let them choose their paths and you know I was there to support them and I was there to help them when you know I felt like they needed advice or or wanted advice but at the same time I kind of let them um, set their own tone and and set their own uh, you know how hard each one of them wanted to work and I have twins that grew up under the same household and and they both kind of have different uh, mindsets um, towards the game they both have different mindsets in their work ethics and not to say one is is better or one is worse over the other they just uh have two totally different mindsets and i i treat them both that way i treat them differently i don't try to treat them the same and i don't say that one's work ethic is better than another but uh you know i, I feel like because of that you know they their success is has kind of kind of been theirs and it's not something that i've i felt like that i have had to push and 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 get out of them they've 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 got the gratitude of, of basically uh putting the work in and, and doing a lot of it because they want to, not because dad pushed them. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I've, I've, I've been a driving force for them, but it's, it's been because they want to do it, not because I'm forcing them to do it. And it doesn't, you know, whatever, whatever it is that our kids choose to pursue, whatever it is, it's going to take a lot of effort and energy and work to, to succeed at whatever it is. You want to be the best, um, you know, dancer, my daughter dances, you want to be the best dancer. It's every day, right? You want to be the best basketball player. It's every day. And it's an intense focus on it. And you're saying, Hey, as a parent, support them in those things and allow them to pursue the things that are important to them. That's correct. I, my, uh, grandfather, we had a family business and I worked for the family business growing up through life. And, and in school, I had to really, I wasn't one of those that everything just came real easy. I had to really work hard for everything I got. And then, of course, being involved in the family business, I felt like, you know, that hard work was really ingrained and, and you know, you get out of everything that you put into it. And my grandfather had about 18 employees. And one of his big things was you got to do what you love in life. And I feel like that's why I I pursued the career of coaching because I really thought hard about what I really loved and what I had a passion for. And, you know, basketball and, and coaching was that. And I feel like that's kind of what guided me in the direction that I went. But he used to always make a comment. I don't understand how someone can come to work every day and, and act like they they don't want to be here. And, you know, one of the mottos he used to say is like, hey, if, if your job is to clean the toilet, then you got to have that mindset that this is going to be the the cleanest toilet around and it's, you know, and, uh, you know, so I've kind of relayed a lot of that to my kids in the classroom and as a coach, you know, that, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to have to work for everything in life and you got to start at the bottom and you got to work your way up. And, you know, you might not enjoy what you're doing, but whatever it is, you got to do it to the fullest and you got to, you got to make that toilet the cleanest toilet that there ever was. And, you know, and hopefully if you have that mindset and you do those things, you're going to make the progressions and you're going to make the steps forward that you want to do. And, you know, it, you, everything's not handed to you in life and you got really got to work hard for it. And so I feel like I always told my kids, and of course I'm 52 years old now. So my, 
I can't quite do the things I used to, but I would never ask anyone on my teams, boys or girls, uh, to do something that I wouldn't do. And I would do all the preseason workouts with them, all the running with them. And, you know, I think they saw that, hey, coach will do everything that we do. And I, you know, we, we have a deal on our team. I, a lot of teams have where freshmen carry the bags and freshmen sweep the floor and, and we don't do that. I, you know, I said, Hey, that's expected out of our seniors. If there's going to be anything, you seniors do it because, you know, the, the, the freshmen are just as important as the seniors on this team. And if you're going to be leaders in life, you got to step up and you, you got to do those things. That's not for a freshman to do. That's for a leader to do. And, you know, I think, that that really ingrains into your team too when you you have your older kids stepping up and doing the work that those younger kids see that and that therefore when when it's their turn they step up and they're leaders as well and you know they're they're willing to do whatever it takes to uh, to make everything go the way that it needs to go. What a great leadership lesson and 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 a great look at mindset too and it clearly has worked for you. Am, is it is this right that you guys haven't lost in 115 games? There, there. I guess it's three and a half years since they've lost a game, and they wow. they've won 115 straight, and they're still still moving forward. And that was kind of one of the hard things to step out this year. Uh, you know, we have that kind of going, and then the um, the last couple of years we've been ranked in the nation in the final polls and. It's there's there's a lot of things that I'm still carrying forward that have been really hard for me to to make a decision to uh, step aside for a little bit. You know, I feel like there's there's so much unfinished business. But, you know, I think in the when I look back in life and I know that I'm not going to be able to get those four years back when my kids are playing in college, that that's way more important than any kind of uh, record or or anything like that. And because I'm still going to be here, I. I have my kids every day in first hour and we do a kind of a weight training class and uh, they come in before school and get a lot of shooting in. And I'm still going to, I'm still going to do that every day with the kids and I'm still going to be an extension to the program. So even though I'm not sitting on that end chair, I still feel like that I'm going to play a big part and have a big part in, in their, uh, their success moving forward as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty gratifying to know that, you're still going to be here, and, and, you know, I just won't be sitting on that end chair every night. Well, and Haley and Kaylee are going to be excited to have you watching their games, you know, throughout the upcoming seasons while they play in college. And so as we wrap up, I just I want to talk a little bit about that. You have coached your daughters basically in everything since they were little. And, um, and, and this was a decision you guys made to continue coaching them as they got into high school. Just talk a little bit about what it's like to coach your own kids. Well, it's <laughs> it's been a great experience for me. I, I, you know, one they're with me all the time, um, especially once we've started our school career. You know, through junior high and through high school, I'm with my kids all the time, and you know that that's those are so many things that you know just valuable things that you don't really realize until you kind of look back and know that you've experienced everything with them. And you know, I feel like that even at the younger ages, you know, our kids played soccer and they did about everything that there was to do. I think they, they tried everything once and um, all the T-ball days and everything. And I think just to get to kind of watch them grow and watch the process that they went through from the time they were younger and kind of make their own decisions and, and really watch them mature and, and make some real, uh, real big choices in life as they started kind of narrowing down their, 
their uh, careers. They both were four-sport athletes their freshman year, and then I think their sophomore year they you just got to be so busy, and they they still finished out as three-sport athletes. But you know, you you have to make choices, and you, you got to kind of uh, manage your time, and just to watch them. Uh, kind of make those decisions and, and kind of grow as, as individuals. I think that's the most gratifying thing as a parent is, uh, you know, you, you've really got to, to see a lot of changes in life. And, you know, as they move into college, I, I tell people, I say, I'm really looking forward to, to this next phase. You know, they, they've gone through a couple phases here, kind of under uh, my wife and I's uh, regime i guess you might say and now they get to move off and kind of start making a lot of their own own choices and 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 kind of going their own way here in this next next stage in life and you know it's 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 going to be real gratifying as a parent just to kind of watch your kids grow and and watch them as they they kind of move forward yeah well coach frank i want to congratulate you 533 wins four straight state titles um Two daughters that are going to go play in college. You're, um, I think, what Haley is a, I mean, one an elite prospect. Um, you know, going to play at Mizzou. You've got to be really proud. So, congratulations on a great career and being such a great dad and coach. And thank you so much for joining me on Positively Dad today. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you very much. What a great interview, and I'm so appreciated that Coach Frank could join us and give us that amazing perspective. You know, what stood out to me was creating a sense of family. Well, isn't that what we are, right? We are a family. And what does family do? We sacrifice for each other. We help each other. We do things for each other. And and he's talked about how he created that in his team. So how can we create that within our family? And then he talked a lot about utilizing failure a little bit and, and taking that as a way to learn and to, to move forward and to grow. And he said, you know, most of our growth comes from failure. So what great perspective. And, and the other thing that I really thought about was, you know, I imagine that there is a lot of parents listening out there who, you know, maybe you're coaching your six-year-old in their soccer game. And, and how, do you, how do you handle that? How do you inspire them? How do you coach them? How do you work with them? How do you teach them? And, and he gave us some great perspective on all of that as well. So thank you to Coach Frank for being on the show. Congratulations on 28 amazing years, 533 wins, and now enjoy watching your daughters play basketball. And we're going to wrap up, as we always do, with the Kids Corner. And this is where uh, my daughter, Naomi, she's a first grader. She's going to come on and share kind of her perspective on whatever she's thinking about. And I always tell her what the topic of our podcast is, and then she decides what she wants to talk about. And so today, she decided she's going to talk with you a little bit about failure and how to handle that. So here you go, some perspective on failure from a first grader in this week's Kids Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today we're going to talk about failure. Fail, failure. This is how you handle failure. You say good game if you're playing a game against someone and you lost. You can just high five them like like that, but it won't sound like that. It'll sound like this. And you can practice it and get better than you were the last time. And if you have failure, like if you lost your TV time, you could cry a little. Get mad, call some people some names, and it wouldn't be very nice to do that. So don't do that. Instead, 
take your failure and make it into a ball of happiness. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. All right, we've got to make like a hashtag, a quote, a meme, a something out of that. Take your failure and turn it into a ball of happiness. <laughs> the perspective of a first grader. You know, we really do appreciate you listening and taking the time. And again, we thank Coach Frank for joining us today on the podcast as well. Um, a great perspective for us today. And, and I trust that you got some value out of it as well. And I want to thank you, our listeners who helped us make this particular podcast possible. We had a listener who got us in contact with Coach Frank. And so who do you know that would be an amazing fit for our podcast that could share with, with everyone who's listening just about how we can grow as, as partners, as parents, as people, and, uh, and, and add value to everyone? So reach out to me and let me know, james at positivelydad.com, or send us a message through any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Positively Dad. And, uh, and let us know who you think we should have on Positively Dad. It would be great. Hey, if you have a chance to, wherever you're listening, real quick, if it's safe to do so, would you uh, rate us and, and maybe even comment? So if you're listening on, on Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever and you're not driving right now, we would love it if you'd give a rating and share this Positively Dad message with people all across the world. You know, one thing is we reach out to people and, and ask them to be on the program. One question that a lot of people ask is, how many listeners do you have? And, and when I share with them that we're launching, and, and we've had, quite frankly, uh, over, over 500 downloads of the podcast already, which I will take just out of the gate, um, it's just not enough for some people to be on. And so the more people who can listen, the, the, the quality of the guests that we get, we can get even more amazing guests on this program. So if you'd be able to share it, like it, comment it, and let people know about it. We would be so thankful. All right, that's it for Positively Dad this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.